My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. My mama always said, you've got to put the past behind you before you can move on. Before we can move on from banger season, we have to cover the last of the 1994 movies nominated for Best Picture at the 67th Academy Awards. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I wish Bubba were here to tell us all the types of podcasts. There's movie podcasts, comedy podcasts, true crime podcasts, political podcasts, and on and on. I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Hey now! We're going on an adventure of our own. This is going to be an exciting one because I don't know if we can possibly cover it all. No, not at all. There's so much to talk about because we are covering cultural phenomenon and best picture winner. Fire ass gump! <laughs> gump! Terry Gill and Barry Sonnenfeld both turned down the opportunity to direct. Sonnenfeld dropped out to direct Adam's Family Values instead. Great choice, pal. It's not bad. Robert Zemeckis did not turn it down. Before Forrest Gump, some of the films Zemeckis had directed were Used Cars. Oh, great. Romancing the Stone. Yep. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All three Back to the Future movies. He was no slouch. His filmography after Forrest Gump included Castaway, Polar Express, Flight, and this year, the live-action Pinocchio for Disney. Before I get into this next part, I want to say that I do like this movie. Oh, so do I. Other than having a bit of a long runtime, I think it's a perfect movie for TV. I, you know, it's a long runtime, yeah. but I'm fulfilled throughout the long run. Yeah, and you can start it anywhere. You can watch the rest anytime it's on. So no matter where it picks up, you can sit down. You can just watch the rest of the movie. I'm going to go through some of the things, and I don't think that this has ha- ever happened when I've watched this before. Things have been tough. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. I cried like a baby the last 15 minutes watching this over oh, the weekend. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, like the whole might just be an amalgamation of everything going on if you haven't seen this movie i don't care about spoilers but like when jenny's dying in the bed and she asks forrest about if he was scared in vietnam were you scared in vietnam yes why i don't know sometimes it would stop raining long enough for the stars to come out then it was nice It was like just before the sun goes to bed down on the bayou. Those old million sparkles on the water. Like that mountain lake that was so clear, Jenny. It looked like there were two skies, one on top of the other. And then in the desert, when the sun comes up, I couldn't tell where. Heaven stopped and the earth began. It was so beautiful. I wish I could have been there with you. You were. Yeah. And he starts telling her about like the sunsets and the rain and he's telling her all these things. And she says, I wish I could have been there. And he says, you were like that whole thing just like it's... killed me. And then him being a dad, you know, a single dad. And all, so anyway, this movie was fawned over by critics and it won several awards. It was seen at the time as a fun piece of pop culture melodrama, but nearly 30 years later been reexamined a little more negatively. Basically in retrospect, Forrest is an all American white bread, God fearing 
God-fearing, know-nothing football player who couldn't be bothered to understand the plight of the political and counterculture movements happening around him. Single-minded. A red state Alabaman with an IQ of 75 achieves fame and success basically by accident through the power of being a white guy. They wanted to address all these important moments, but nothing beyond just bringing them up. They don't want to make a stance on the moments. It's shallow. He doesn't get PTSD. He doesn't seem all that bothered by what happened in Vietnam. He doesn't understand why they even fought the war. The movie even fails to mention what Jenny dies from, which we'll get to later, which they walk on eggshells about that. They can't even tell you like, we all know what it is. No, we don't. Well, I always, what do you think it is? I think she died of AIDS. She did not die of AIDS. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. No, no I cannot. It's serious. I will confirm later. Oh. She did not die of AIDS. But see, the movie could have said it was AIDS. It was cancer. Well, see, this is the assumption I went to. She slept around an yes. awful lot. Intervenous drug user. Right. So you put two and two together early yes. 80s. Boom. Yeah. There was a different ailment Stigma. caused by uh, needle sharing and uh, the 80s. Okay. That was not AIDS. But wow. but again, they, they just failed to give you a stance. They just told them. They're like, well, this thing was happening, but we don't feel this way or this way of it. From a political perspective, Forrest is rewarded for following God and doing the right thing and joining the military. Jenny is suicidal gets a disease, dies because she was a hippie and because she was liberal. It's told completely from a politically red tilt. Uh. Forrest is from Alabama. He loves God. He does what his mom tells tells him Jenny's a hippie and she's going to San Francisco. So she's got to die. Don't you miss the days in which you could watch a movie and not have to go back or read somebody put a political spin yeah. on I something. Mean, you don't have to, you I mean, can, you, don't you can ignore to. that. But if you believe in film criticism, like yeah. Forrest Gump in retrospect is literally like telling you if you're a Republican and you believe in God, good things will happen to but you. Here's the big thing. A Republican written in 1994 for the 60s up and through the 90s is a different Republican oh, yeah. than it is yes, now. Very much so. It basically, that Republican is now a centrist Democrat. Virtually. Yes. Uh, a lot of the movie's comedy makes an assumption that the audience knows their U.S. history. I guess in doing that leads to this question. Jim, do you think this movie can be enjoyed by a casual observer who doesn't know the historical significance of many of the events? I don't think you can go into this as a single-minded person. I shouldn't say that because Forrest Gump is focused as a character. Forrest is focused on his family and his life in his immediate circle, not everything else around yeah. him. So I don't know if you need to know the connotations of what's going on, but as an intelligent viewer, I think you have to. There's I, too many momentous events you in this miss, movie. I think you could miss a couple if you weren't up but like they tell you like it doesn't matter that it's vietnam or you see them go to a war but i mean even look when they segregated the schools yeah. in alabama the one girl dropped her book yeah. he was the only one to run and get her her book because he didn't see color he yeah. just saw somebody right. else's being put down so i don't think you had to know the significant history behind it but i think you probably miss a couple of the jokes and references if you didn't we've got a lot to talk about in best scenes logic legacy everything we'll be skipping the pool check segment for this one. We'll, we'll stop for a second and tell you why. Yeah. But first, Jim, let us know budget box office news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. Came out July the 6th, 1994 to a $55 million budget and made $678.2 million, the top grossing film of 1994. So as you guys all know, Forrest Gump won a whopping, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six Academy Awards, or as the kids call, Oscars. And now off to the news. There's this little thing on the internet called Amazon.com. You ever yeah, hear of it? It's a new it. thing. It was founded at this time in Bellevue, Washington, once again, in a garage. 
by Jeff Bezos. He looks like a penis. He looks like a he's giant very, dick. He's very phallic, he's, like physically phallic. His damn spaceship looked like a flying cock. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. And Amazon, credit to them, literally started off as a used bookstore, yeah. sort of like Facebook, which just basically started off as a college thing for one campus comparing what women looked good. Now look at it. Now the expectation is you have to piss and shit in jugs and boxes or else you, I, I don't know. It, exactly. It's, it's just an insane expectation for people who work there and it's pretty fucked up that companies like that because facebook i'm sorry meta today just laid off yeah. 11, 11 000 employees. the size of a small city was mm-hmm. laid off today because mark zuckerberg's a fucking idiot a lizard person pretty much comet shoemaker levy nine first collides with jupiter one of those momentous occasions where you see this thing just basically pummel the ever-loving shit out of jupiter co-discoverer of the comet eugene shoemaker we're talking about a hundred million megatons of kinetic energy. A hundred million megatons. Equal to the explosion of nearly two million nuclear bombs, which may have little effect on the huge gaseous planet Jupiter, but if it were hitting the Earth... I think we're talking about an, the kind of event that's associated with mass extinctions of species on Earth. It basically has left massive scars on the surface of the gas giant, some of those in which are bigger than a couple thousand nuclear weapons. Right now, a big album came out around this time in 1994. We're going to send it over to our man, K Loader and MTV News. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. You and me, we come from different worlds. That's right, Hootie and the Blowfish, their debut album. I remember running out to National Record Mart, buying this and a green t-shirt. Cracked review. You debuts. bought the Hootie t-shirt too? I bought the Hootie t-shirt. I'll never forget, that was the first concert shirt I ever owned, like that I purchased with my own money. It was a green Hootie and the Blowfish t-shirt. Great album, still holds up. Like six, seven big hits on that album. Of course, they were never able to capitalize or go beyond that hits of Cracked a review. They followed it up with Fairweather Johnson. Off the top of my head, can't name a song. I probably could post like last week. We totally knew that Wham song. After I played it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a, yes. that song. Also coming up now, one guy who ran out that I ran into, ironically enough, at National Record Mark was Youngstown impersonator of this man, Mr. George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. Tanya Harding's ex-husband, one of those names you will never forget, Mr. Jeff Galuli. His name became a verb, sentenced to two years in prison for the attack on Olympic figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why? I, Tanya, great movie. That's a fucking excellent movie. Margot Robbie is stellar in that movie. Perfect. She totally sunk herself into that role. One person who was an actor, not pretty good. Former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor, OJ Simpson pleads, and I quote, absolutely 100% not guilty of murder. Guess what, motherfucker? You are absolutely 100% guilty as charged of that murder. How he got off still blows my mind to this day. Yeah, it's just, it was circumstantial evidence. (sighs) I mean, well, it wasn't circumstantial evidence. It was a theater show trial. It was. Johnny Cochran deserved every penny. He oh, he did. Cochran did an amazing job. Fucking jury were idiots. So, Kevin, one video store we have not encountered yet that was huge in 1994, Video Update, the former first row video. Here are your top three rentals at Video Update. Video Update is continuing its unbelievable deal for you every Tuesday throughout the holiday season. Movies are two for just 99 cents every Tuesday at participating Video Update stores, including new releases. Yes, two for just 99 cents, including new releases. Rent two movies or new releases for less than 50 cents each. Hurry in. It's two for 99 cent Tuesdays this holiday season only at Video Update. With over 30 convenient Twin Cities locations and growing, Video Update is nearby. Wayne's World 2, Cool Runnings, and Ace Ventura Pet Wow, Detective. that was a, a heck of a lineup there. Three bangers, my Wayne friend. Stock, Wayne got, Stock. Wayne uh, Stock, Wayne World. You dead man. You know what? There's another sequel, Wayne's World 2, that I think does not get enough credit that it, it deserves. Excellent. Cross the T's and dot the lowercase. Jays. Your number one song in the nation. Kevin, we've talked about this before. I swear, all for one, they did not age well. Not like a fine wine. They are a three-year-old rusted can of beer, Brew City Lager, you leave in your buddy's backyard. It's probably insensitive, but I'm going to bring up my theory for all for one. 
all four of those dudes could belt. They have great harmonies. Excellent vocals. Fantastic vocals. But none of the four of them look passable for like a highly marketable boy band. So in my opinion... Now, if they came to the Austintown Casino, oh, they are top In my notch. opinion, they are cast-offs or rejects. Yes. Well, we wanted to put this guy in New Kids or we wanted to put this guy in whatever group. He would have been like the sixth or seventh yeah, choice. Yeah, right. But he can really sing. So they just like took all the extras and they're like, all right, we're all for one. We're four chuds and we're, we can all sing. So it, great, man. Yeah. All for one. I swear. One of the iconic wedding songs of all time. Not that John Michael Montgomery or no. Alabama cover and the number one movie in America. And once again, I know I'm going to get shit for this. Never seen it. The Lion King is the number one. Oh, my movie God. You never America. saw The Lion King. You know me. I'm not a big fan of Disney animation. I've just I've never been. I prefer the live action. All right. I am different, and that's all that was going on in the era of Forrest Gump, our final movie here in season 10. All right, tagline, the story of a lifetime. I'm fine with it, because what else could you do? Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to get too cute. The movie speaks for itself. You don't need a cute tagline. We just felt like running into the plot. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. And when I got there, I thought maybe I'd run to the end of town. President Carter, suffering from heat exhaustion, fell into the arms and when of When I got there, I thought maybe I'd just run across Greenbow County. And I figured since I run this far, maybe I'd just run across the great state of Alabama. And that's what I did. There's a dude named Forrest Gump sitting on a bus stop park bench with a little suitcase and a present. A woman who looks like a nurse comes and sits down next to him. He offers her chocolates and asks about her shoes, which then prompts him to start unsolicitedly talking about himself. I would love if he, she would have just got up and he just kept yeah. fucking talking. Well, he basically does. He talks about, and while he's talking about it, we see these experiences. He talks about growing up with braces on his legs, what his mom did to get him in public schools. He did teach Elvis how to dance. How he's responsible for the success of Elvis Presley. Doing I like that guitar. It sounded good. I started moving around the music, swinging my hips. This one night, me and Mama was out shopping, and we walked right by Bensie's Furniture and Appliance Store. And guess what? You ain't nothing but a meeting the love of his life, Jenny, for the first time, about her sexual abuse by her father, about how he got a football scholarship to Alabama to presumably play for Bear Bryant. While he was at Alabama, they integrated black students. The nurse from the bench had to leave when her bus arrived, but just so happened another woman had come along and started listening to Forrest's story. He started to tell her about visiting Jenny at an all-girls college, about meeting President Kennedy because he made the All-America team. Yeah. And then he talks about joining the Army. When Forrest joins the Army, it's apparently where he learned the art of unsolicited conversation because he meets Bubba. Hi, Forrest. Hey, Bubba. I'm going to lean up against you. You just lean right back against me. This way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. You know why we a good partnership for us? Because we be watching out for one another, like brothers and stuff. Hey, Forrest, something I've been thinking about. I got a very important question to ask you. How would you like to go into the shrimping business with me? Who tells him every possible way to serve shrimp? Absolutely every possible way. Forrest was very successful in the army because he did every single thing he was asked. And then he was sent to Vietnam where he saw combat. Baba, unfortunately, was killed in action. Forrest saved a number of injured soldiers, including his lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan, who got his legs blown off. Forrest got shot in the ass. Yeah. Something bit me. We go back to the bench now where it's now a man who's listening to Forrest's story. Forrest tells him about being in the hospital with Lieutenant Dan, receiving the Medal of Honor, learning to play ping pong, getting so good that he went to China to play on the All-America team. And he was on Captain Kangaroo with John Lennon, where he inspired Lennon to write Matchin. After his television appearance, he reconnects with Lieutenant Dan then he tells the gentleman on the bench about how he's responsible for exposing Watergate. Security, Frank Wells. Yeah, sir. 
You might want to send a maintenance man over to that office across the way. The lights are off and they must be looking for a fuse box or something because them flashlights, they're keeping me awake. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> How he exposes water. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, the best scene. Right. Uh, this all happened before his service in the army was done. And then he gets discharged after visiting his mom for a bit. He decided to make good on his promise to Bubba to become a shrimp boat captain. Lieutenant Dan also made good on his promise because he told Forrest, if he were ever a shrimp boat captain, that Lieutenant Dan would be his first mate. Not thinking that he ever would. No. Lieutenant Dan. What are you doing here? Well, thought I'd try out my sea legs. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. Yes, I know that. You wrote me a letter, you idiot. Well, well, Captain Forrest Gump. I had to see this for myself. <laughs> and I told you if you were ever a shrimp boat captain, that I'd be your first mate. Well, here I am. I am a man of my word. It's not going well until there's a hurricane. They manage to weather the storm of Hurricane Carmen, and they're the only boat to survive, and that gives you a distinct advantage. They're extremely successful following the hurricane, making millions, expanding the operation, which I think they say they have something like nine boats now. Yeah all named Jenny. This causes the guy on the bench to get up and leave because he basically is like, Ugh. you're telling the biggest lie in the history of lies. Yeah. And then he whips out a magazine and shows the other lady like his picture on the, yeah. she misses her bus. Uh, Forrest leaves because his mom is sick and dies of cancer. Uh, leaves shrimp boating. That is after this, Jenny returns, stays with Forrest for a while. And at the age of approximately 32, after asking her to marry him, why don't you love me, Jenny? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Forrest loses his virginity to Jenny. Hey, we weren't far off, so good for him. But in the morning, she's gone. And you say we're like both of us? Yeah, me and Forrest Gump. Oh, you and Forrest. Okay. Yeah, we both waited late. I was like half of that. <laughs> uh, that day... For no particular reason, he felt like running. He ended up running for over three years, stopping only to eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. Finally, when he's done running, he goes home and he gets a letter from Jenny. We find out the reason he's been sitting on this bench talking to these people is because he's been waiting for a bus to go see her. When he arrives, he finds out that he has a son who's named after him. Mm -hmm. Forrest also learned that Jenny is sick. Forrest. I'm sick. What, do you have a cough due to cold? I have some kind of virus. And the, the doctors don't, they don't know what it is, and there isn't anything they can do about it. You could come home with me. Jenny, you and Little Forest could come stay at my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you if you're sick. And she's dying. She asks him to marry her, which they do back in Greenbow at his house. But not long after, she dies buried on the property. He just does everything on the, the property back in Greenbow. Forrest is a great father to his son, and the movie ends with Forrest getting little Forrest off to school. Same bus driver from his childhood. Hey, Forrest. Don't. I want to tell you I love you. I love you too, Daddy. I'll be right here when you get back. You understand this is the bus to the school now, don't you? Of course, the new one Dorothy here is Forrest Gump. All right, let's talk about characters. Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. He netted $40 million for this role. Damn! You get ready to get weird? Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. Let's get fucking crazy. So we discussed recasting possibilities if Tom Hanks would have taken Tim Robbins' role in Shawshank. So yes. basically, Tom Hanks had a little bit of a conundrum whether to do Forrest Gump or Shawshank Redemption. Robert Zemeckis' first choice for Forrest Gump, actually he had two, were one, Bill Paxton. Oh, man. The studio said he didn't have enough star power. What? 
But I I love that idea. Bill Paxton, great. The second, you'll get a kick out of this. Harry Anderson. Oh, night court. But he couldn't do it because of his commitments to the CBS series. Dave's World. Great. That Dave's World epic sitcom that took off for 20 years. Well, there's, we'll get into it. There's some information that at the original Forrest Gump script, Harry Anderson may have been too good for that script. How, okay. how much the script changed. The author of the novel wanted John Goodman because in the novel, Forrest is over 300 pounds. Yes, I have questions. Turning down the role were... Bill Murray, John Travolta, and Chevy Chase. Oh, oh man. Of last week in Fletch, Chevy Chase's Forrest Gump. Sean Penn had said multiple times in interviews that he was the second choice, which that's who we discussed when yeah. we did Shawshank. And Sean Penn makes sense to me. I, out I like of all it. of those, I like Bill Paxton. I think that would have been great. They would have got him cheaper. I think Bill Paxton looks great as Forrest Gump. Uh, Michael Connor Humphreys as young Forrest Gump. So Tom Hanks revealed in interviews that instead of having Michael copy his accent, he actually copied Michael's accent. Love this story. Uh, Bob said, uh, okay, we got a problem here. You're going to have to teach this kid how to talk the way you want to talk and I thought why don't why don't I just talk the way he talks right now and so we started hanging out with him and he was from uh, Mississippi deep in Mississippi and he had this he had this hard G at the end of his if he said it wasn't thinking it was thinking uh, <laughs> it wasn't making it was making and says what does uh, what does your, your father do my 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 daddy makes grease that's what he said. And he said, he make, he, I don't understand. Is grease something you make? Yes. <clears throat> he says, what do you do with grease? Well, grease goes into all different sorts of products. <laughs> and I said, well, like what products? Oh, grease goes into lipsticks. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so somewhere I have cassettes, hours and hours of me just making chit chat with a very young Michael, Michael Connor. It's Tom Hanks just borrowed the kid's accent and it worked. Robin Wright as Jenny Curran, Jodie Foster, Nicole Kidman, Demi Moore turned down the role. Ugh, mistake. You think it's a mistake that they turned it down? Can you see any of them as Jenny? I could have seen Jodie Foster, not Nicole Kidman. No, and Demi Moore, no. Demi Moore, no. Too sexual. Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan Taylor. Excellent casting. Joe Pesci was considered. Okay, okay. I, I can't. Birthday, fuck you. Nay, fuck you more. I just don't think Pesci is believable with the military. No. Stuff. Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan. Awesome. Mike Kelty Williamson as Benjamin Buford. Michael T. Baba Blue. David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle turned down the role. Mm. Ice Cube refused to play an idiot. I know, idiot. <laughs> Chappelle said the movie would bomb. He later deeply regretted passing. I would say so. Tupac, Tupac Shakur, that is, yeah. not to be confused with any other Tupac's. Tupac auditioned for the role. He did not get it. Sally Field as Mrs. Gump. Haley Joel Osment as Forrest Gump Jr. Osment was cast in the film after the casting director noticed him in a Pizza Hut commercial. Recently, an object was sighted. It was big. Bigger than big. Huge, huge, large, astronomically big. Big would be an understatement. Very big. Huge. Some guy. Big. Huge. When it arrives, you better not be alone. Bigfoot. Pizza Hut. From Pizza Hut. Two square feet of pizza. 21 slices on a tasty new crust. $10.99 for up to three toppings. It's bigger than Pizza Pizza. Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. A legendary value. Interesting. It's his debut film role. That's awesome. Peter Dobson is Elvis Presley, although Kurt Russell provided the voice for Elvis in that scene. told you not to bother this nice young man. Oh, no, that's all right, man. I was just showing him a thing or two on the guitar here. All right, but your supper's ready if y'all want to eat. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you, man. I never knew that. Yep. He's uncredited, provided the voice of Elvis in that scene. Dick Cavett as himself. Cavett played a de-aged version of himself in the 1970s with makeup applied to make him look younger. Consequently, Cavett is the only well-known figure in the film to play a cameo role rather than being represented through the use of archival footage like John Lennon and President Kennedy. Uh, who else do we want to mention? Anyone else? I think that about does it, Jim. Which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? I'd keep this brief because we're going to talk about this at length. I never expected him to be in this movie. John F. Kennedy. No, uh, <laughs> Gary Sinise. Now, you listen to me. We all have a destiny. Nothing just happens. It's all part of a plan. 
I should have died out there with my men. But now, I'm nothing but a goddamn cripple. A legless freak. Look, look, look at me. You see that? Do you know what it's like not to be able to use your legs? Yes, sir, I do. Did you hear what I said? You cheated me. I had a destiny. I was supposed to die in the field with honor. That was my destiny. And you cheated me out of it. Hands down, I think he is the best casted role in, or the best casted person for this role in this entire movie, even Tom Hanks. He just fucking hits a home run. He just seems, and still to this day, he does a lot of work for like veterans and military charities and stuff like that. He yeah, just he seems does, like you're born for this role. He started the Lieutenant Dan Band. Yes. And would go on the uh, USO tours and play on uh, military bases, which, how awesome. Yeah. Same one for me. I, I really think they would have done a disservice casting anyone other than Gary Sinise. I agree. Really great. All right. Well, it's time. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. All right, Kev, go first. In a movie of endless quotes. Run, Forrest. Run away. Hurry. Run, Forrest, run. Forrest gets chased by bullies, breaks the braces off his legs, and outruns them on bikes. That quote alone has become part of the common lexicon yeah. of the world. Run. Forest run. Yeah, it's always anybody running is run forest run. Yes. But he's getting fucking pelted with rocks. And he's no selling it's it. It's like the lottery. It's like that book they made us read in school. He, he's literally getting yeah, stoned. Yeah, he's blood coming down his face and he's just standing there staring, takes off running. So then they like, we see the exact same scene, which I would assume are the exact same bullies. But in high school, he outruns a truck. Yeah. They're doing the same thing. They're He's th bionic. They're throwing shit at him. He's Steve Austin. And she says, run for us, run again. And he just takes off and he outruns a truck. Quite frankly, we've talked about this in the past too. Him and Robin Wright, the oldest looking high schoolers I've ever mm. seen by far. I'll let that slide yeah. because like, uh, yeah, I mean, they either had to de-age them or whatever. Yeah. It, it's fine. It's just a brief scene. So I'm okay with it. But it, just the, the run for us, run took on a life of its own. That was like the t-shirt following this. One of those other quotes that just sticks and everybody knows what it's from you remember the first time you heard it life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get improvised well kinda there was a different version in the novel and Tom Hanks kinda changed it to life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get and they kept it and damn the well it's sort of like Tom Hanks and Apollo 13 it wasn't Houston we have a problem yeah. it was Houston we got a problem Yeah. so it was an improvised line but look what that I mean it's such a true line to begin with I mean it's very obvious it's very evident iconic life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get it's kind of a wild thing to say to somebody though yeah it's like hey stranger on a bench you want a chocolate first off no that shit has drugs no. in it. yes <laughs> it's been injected with yeah. uh, like candy gram miss milford but yeah it's a weird thing to say life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get i'd be like get get away yeah from me. fuck you vietnam So yeah. a lot of veterans say that the combat in this movie is realistic because we never see the enemy. No. So we see a lot they're of in the like, jungle. Yeah, they're in the jungle. We see a lot of like Lieutenant Dan just leading them and traveling, you know, 10 clicks ahead and stuff. But then uh, Agent Orange attacks. Yeah, and they're just getting all of a sudden they just get fired upon. And we see some of the squad, the platoon start getting like killed. And Jenny had told Forrest, if you're ever in trouble, you just run. So Forrest just turns around and hauls ass out yep. of there but then he hears people screaming help he starts running back in and carrying like people back out his whole squad reluctantly he carries out Lieutenant Dan, who does not want to be carried he out. Wanted he wanted to die in combat. He wants to die in combat. And then uh, there's kind of the heartbreaking thing where he's like, if I'd have known this was going to be the last time me and Bubba was going to talk, I'd have thought of something better to say. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Forrest. Force. What just happened? You got shot. Then Bubba said something I won't ever forget. I want to go home. Bubba was my best good friend. 
And even I know that ain't something you can find just around the corner. If I would have known that was the last time I was going to talk to Bubba, I would have said something better. Yeah. Because he literally just says like, hey, Bubba. And Bubba says, hey, Forrest. Hey, Forrest. And that's it. And he dies. Like, and then sadly, Bubba says, Forrest, why did this happen? And I'm like, oh, it's bad sad but let's cheer you up a little bit one of the favorite things in this movie forces a kid sally field looking damn good ultimate milf oh. uh, your mama sure does care about your schooling son Mm-mm-mm. you don't say much do you <laughs> He is smart enough to know yeah. his mom is fucking this dude. Well, yeah, he's mocking him or yeah. whatever. But like, I remember being, you know, 10, 11 years old and just being stupid kids and, and making that noise. Yeah. Like me and, <laughs> and our friend Morgan, we just go, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, so absolutely. That's uh, Forrest. He's just below, what is it? Like uh, minimum IQ to get into it's public like school. Remedi- very remedial. I think it's 80. It's like 75. Or yeah. When he's 75 and his mom's like, well, what's five points? And she's like, is there not anything I can do? And well, they virtually back then because of the insensitivity, he was deemed dumb. Yeah, right. I have. Uh, he just felt like running. For the fourth time on his journey across America, Forrest Gump, the gardener from Greenbow, Alabama, is about to cross the Mississippi River again today. I'll be damned, sir. Where Forrest? are you running? Why are you running? Are you doing this for world peace? Are you doing this for the homeless? Are you running for women's rights? Or for the environment? Or for animals? They just couldn't believe that somebody would do all that running for no particular reason. Why are you doing this? I just felt like running. I just felt like running. So this wasn't in the book. This was something that Zemeckis and Hanks and whoever, the script writers came up with that was different from the book. And the studio started to have concerns about the running length of this movie. So they wanted certain parts and certain scenes. It was running long, Kevin. Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. There you go. (laughs) So it was running long indeed. And since this wasn't in the book, this is one of the things that the studio had asked to be cut. Zemeckis like fought for it. And honestly, he basically just like refused to acknowledge their request. He was like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Him and Tom Hanks ended up paying or taking like a payroll deduction out of their salaries to pay to shoot some of those scenes. Oh, it's a shame they became poor after this. Yeah, right. Right. So awesome, though, that they yeah. did that. It made the movie. It's iconic. You've got like all the music you've got. So while Forrest is running, because the dude just literally runs. That's all he does. He just runs. And people think he's like saying some sort of message or a political statement. Then he gets a gathering. Yeah. And okay. they follow him for three years, yeah. too. And then you've got the guy with the have a nice day. Shit happens. Shit happens. What happens? <laughs> I love that. Shit. Oh, you just went through a whole thing of shit. Hey, man. Hey, listen, I was wondering if you might help me, huh? Listen, I'm in the bumper sticker business, and I've been trying to think of a good slogan. And since you have been such a big inspiration to the people around here, I thought you might be able to help me jump into... Whoa, man, you just ran through a big pile of dog shit! It happens. What, shit? Sometimes. And some years later, I heard that that fella did come up with a bumper sticker slogan and he made a lot of money off of it. It happens. (laughs) What the shit? Sometimes. The tearjerker for me at the very end when Forrest finally gets to Jenny's house and the reveal of this is your son. Yeah. Thanks, bitch, for not telling me any sooner. Yeah. I'll get into Jenny later because I fucking hate that character. I hate her so bad. But the tearjerker is when reality starts hitting in the forest and he starts crying and he looks at Jenny. He's like, it's the most beautiful thing. I've ever seen. But is is he smart? He's very smart. He's one of the smartest in his class. 
you know, he's worried that he's going to be dumb yeah. like him. It fucking grabs my heart every time. Yeah. It's so wholesome and so meaningful, but his son smarter than smart can be. Yeah. And then I have kind of the same thing. I mentioned it earlier, but when Jenny's on her deathbed, she asks Forrest if he was scared in Vietnam. He starts talking about some of his experiences. It's very touching. Like, especially when she says, I wish I was there with you. And he says, you were like, that's like, yeah, man, just manufactured in a way to really make you cry. Basically. Lieutenant Dan yelling to God on the mast oh, yes. of the shrimp boat during the hurricane. Yeah. Now me, I was scared. But Lieutenant Dan, he was mad. Fucking stellar. Yeah. I also, the thing I like about the, the shrimp boating beyond the, you call this a storm. <laughs> uh, Forrest, I never thanked you for saving my life. He never actually said so, but I think he made his peace with God. Is when Lieutenant Dan, I think, tells him he needs God or something. So Forrest he made joins peace with God that day. Forrest joins the choir. Oh, and he just stands yeah. there like inanimate. Yeah, it's awesome. In a gospel church. And then you've got uh, Lieutenant Dan in the back. It's great. So I really like that. And then real quickly, JFK. Congratulations. How do you feel? I got to pay. I believe he said he had to go pee. Making an appearance in this when he basically uh, Forrest tells him he has to pee, and yeah. he goes, "I really think he has to pee." In Forrest meets how many presidents? He meets him, LBJ. President Johnson awarded four medals of honor to men from each of the armed services. America owes you a debt of gratitude, son. I understand you were wounded. Where were you hit? In the butt talk, son. Oh, that must be a sight. I'd like to see that. In Nixon. Yeah. The U.S. ping pong team met with President Nixon today at an Oval and Office wouldn't you know ceremony. It, a few months later, they invited me and the ping pong team to visit the White House. So I went again, and I met the President of the United States again. Only this time, they didn't get us rooms in a real fancy hotel. So are you enjoying yourself in our nation's capital, young man? Yes, sir. Well, where are you staying? It's called the Hotel Ebot. Oh, no, 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 no. I know of a much nicer hotel. It's brand new, very modern. I'll have my people take care of it for you. In 94, I was 13 when this came out. This technology that they're able to do. Yeah. Stellar. You look back on it now, I'm like, boy, this could have looked so much right. better. Right. There's like when he's on Captain Kangaroo and like you see John Lennon's face and stuff and, and the lips. They it's look bad. Like, that looks so fake. Yeah. But In the land of China, people hardly got nothing at all. No possessions. And in China, they never go to church. No religion, too. Whatever. Still, still great. All right. Let's just for a moment get out of the pool. I like to jump in a pool to go pee. All right. No pool check this episode because we've covered all of the 67th Academy Awards Best Picture nominees. So later this week, we will be releasing a companion episode where we will do our own pool scene awards based on the five best picture nominees we watched. Also, we'll discuss the actual award. Yeah. We'll redo the awards is the first time we're doing this. our Oscars our Oscars for that year but until then we're going to get back in the pool so we can finish discussing Forrest Gump and then again in two or three days another episode will be available and you can listen together I'm sorry I ruined your New Year's Eve party Lieutenant Diane she tastes like cigarettes critical question all right what do you think does or should happen after the movie ends? What does Forrest Jr. grow up to be? Does Forrest remarry? Oh, I don't see Forrest remarrying. I just see him being a very dedicated single dad 
like the soccer dad. He takes his kid everywhere he goes. He's his best friend. Because you have to think throughout the entirety of this movie, he had one best friend, technically Lieutenant Dan, but Lieutenant Dan was kind of more of a confidant slash business partner. Even Lieutenant Dan went off to go do his own thing, but it was Bubba. And then when Bubba died, Forrest really didn't have anybody except Mama. And then whenever Jenny's dumb fucking ass wanted to come into the picture, that bitch. But I think he becomes so close with his son that it's almost like a best friend relationship. I think as Forrest gets older, his son starts inheriting the business more. And then his son is able to modernize the business for more of a 21st century world. I I have the same answer in a different way. Little Forrest is ultra rich. Oh, yeah. They have hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think he does something meaningful where like Forrest raises him in a wholesome way. Yeah. The same way he was raised through the church and and all of that. So at first I was like, ah, maybe he's like an environmentalist or something. He has the money so he can do something that makes a difference. But I think he does what you said. He becomes the CEO of Bubba Gump, but maybe he just like does it in a stance like he he operates in a more, you can't really be a shrimp boat captain. In like, <laughs> He's a space shrimp boat shuttle captain. Yeah, he's a vegan. Uh, he's a vegan. Su- it's uh, for that, the, uh, what's the, what's the fake meat called? Um, beyond. It's beyond impossible. shrimp. Yeah, it's, it's beyond seafood. Shrimp. I didn't think or don't think that Forrest remarries, but we'll revisit this shortly. All right. Let's please. I'm glad they did oh, not let no. play Forrest Gump or play Lieutenant Dan, Mr. David McCall. You ever see me fucking run Forrest? Huh? You better run for me because I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. <laughs> Hey, your name's Forrest. I ran through a forest one time and I killed a guy. Hey, you want to see what I can do with a fucking back? <laughs> I'll go first. Do we think Forrest does this all the time? Like every time someone locks eyes with him or looks in oh, his direction, does Jesus. he just start? Does, do they go to the Waffle House and he just tells someone at the Waffle House his entire life story? Okay, for instance, when we went out to the bar last week, for wings and beer, a guy sitting next to us just started striking up yeah. a conversation. Now we were comfortable. We really didn't care as much if you're not in a good mood yes, and you kind of want to be left alone. And this guy intentions as good as they are yeah. just starts going on and on. At one point you got to look over either a tell him to fuck off or yeah. B pull out your stun gun and hit him with it because yeah. after I, a while it's annoying. I can't remember where Jenny's living when Forrest is sitting there waiting on the bench. Doesn't she live like two blocks down? You don't need to take a bus. Henry Street is just five or six blocks down that way. Down that way. Down that way. Right. But I'm saying what city? Oh, Because she's okay, not yeah. in Alabama I anymore. I think it's Savannah. Yeah, it's Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So Savannah, Georgia, not a metropolis, like no. not a huge city. So if you're on a park bench waiting for a bus oh. in the 90s in Savannah, Georgia, you're probably irritated to be riding public transit. And you got this guy telling you how rich he is, yeah. all of his experiences, how great his life is. How does no one attack like Forrest? First off, you're so rich. You can't get a pair of pants that aren't fucking high water pants there, Forafo? Come on. Forafo? Forafo? <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw it right here. Jenny is a fucking gutter piece of shit. Okay, let's be honest. I have something to piggyback on this too. I did a video about this like two years ago. Her and Grandpa Joe are on the same level of fucking movie trash characters. She only wants him when she's in desperate need. Yes. Or when there's a situation of the rise, somehow Forrest is just there to save her. Yeah. Now, when everything is all calmed down and Forrest wants to tell Jenny how much he loves her and I'll do anything for you, I'll give up everything. She fucking bolts. Yeah. Every single time she left to go with the leader or one of the, I don't know, this white guy that hung around with the Black Panther. I'm sorry about your Black Panther party. Left with that piece of shit. Right when Forrest came home, got the Congression Medal of Honor and the Presidential Medal of Freedom from LBJ and she fucking leaves. When he saves her, when she's doing the uh, Joan Baez nude. Yeah. And she just gets in someone's truck. Yeah. And then she literally tells him. You can't keep doing this, Forrest. You can't keep trying to rescue me all the time. They was trying to grab you. A lot of people try to grab me. You can't keep doing this all the time. I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, 
You don't know what love is. Leave me alone, Forrest. Exactly. And there was that one point she was going to jump off the balcony of that hotel. Yeah. And who does she go to after she doesn't do it? Forrest. Yeah. It's always well, fucking Forrest. Here's a logic question to piggyback. Fuck her. Of. If Jenny wasn't sick, do we think Jenny would have ever contacted Forrest again? I mean, she hasn't said anything to him. I'd say little Forrest is probably four at least yeah. because he's, you know, they get married like not a lot of time passes. So I'd say little Forrest is at youngest three. Yeah. He's probably four. Jenny has not told Forrest in four years that he has a son. You know what I'm going to think? I think she's doing it because she knows he's loaded with tons of money. Maybe. It's the money grab. I just think, yeah, if, if she wasn't sick, I don't think she would have told Forrest. If he I'm lost, pregnant. Fuck. He lost four years of his life with his son. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, she pretty is selfish. the scumbag character of the year. And on top of that, Forrest's letters were not getting to Jenny, right? No, not and, at all. And more so, how did Forrest always locate Jenny? He had like a homing beacon she on her. She basically told him to leave her alone, but then like he he never seemed to have a problem catching up with her. She went to San Francisco when he's at the rally in Vietnam. She just happens you to mean the rally in DC. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the rally in Saigon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Saigon rally. She was uh, ducking fucking shots overhead yeah. at the Washington monument in yeah. DC. The reflecting pool, the Vietnam uh, rally. She walks through the reflecting pool yeah. and he sees her, you know, whatever. But it's like, what are the statistical odds? You know, Ugh. even if she were in DC that he's, you you know, it's just what if he was a stalker or what if he's the Zodiac? There you go. Forrest was a Zodiac. Here's the big one. Everyone assumes Jenny died of AIDS due to her lifestyle and the timing. Guilty is charged. However, in the book, I don't know if it's in the book, but the author revealed it was hepatitis C. Okay, makes sense. So you see some signs like before Forrest even like connects with her for the last time, she sleeps. Like he says something like she was just someday she would just sleep all day. She already had the hepatitis C. Yeah. And it just like stayed with her, which I don't, I mean, forgive me. I don't know enough about hepatitis C, but like can Forrest get it? Can young Forrest? I don't know. So I don't know if that's something that you pass. See, I always thought it was AIDS. That was seemed to be AIDS. the easiest yeah, way it was, out. It makes sense that it's AIDS, but yeah. it, was, it was hepatitis C. Interesting. So it's the other needle illness. Yeah. When Forrest goes up to the mic at the Vietnam rally at the Washington Monument, we were just talking about his mic cuts out. Some and he keeps blabbering. Some just, guy pulls yeah. the cord and we don't hear what he says. All we hear is, and that's all I got to say about that. According to Tom Hanks and what he actually said when he was up there, the speech goes sometimes people go to vietnam they go home to their mamas without any legs sometimes they don't go home at all that's a bad thing that's all i have to say about that wow okay yeah and then abby hoffman says that beautiful man, man what's your name my name is forrest false gump fire ass gump <laughs> on the 25th anniversary blu-ray you see the original scripted scene ties into the youngstown podcast crooked city crooked city you see the original scripted scene where jenny kills her father by releasing his tractor handbrake causing it to run him down in a cornfield her dad was jim trafficking <laughs> ultimately they decided that was too evil for jenny no matter how badly she was abused so they cut the scene where she kills her father via tractor she's a little young to pull a murder stunt like Well, that, I don't though. know exactly when. I don't yeah. know if maybe she was like a teenager or something. I haven't watched the scene. A bunch more stuff happens in the book. Like, Forrest becomes an astronaut and goes to the moon. Knew it. He had an orangutan friend. I don't know why I thought you were going to say he had an erection. He had an erection. I got a boner. <laughs> I got and blue chew. He became a successful professional wrestler oh. called the dunce. Oh my God. The dunce with Lieutenant Dan as his manager fights opponents such as the turd. Great. The human fly, the fairy, the gross point grinder. Awesome. Al from Amarillo. <laughs> Triple A. Ju Juno the Giant and the Professor. So there's some storyline where Lieutenant Dan bets all of their winnings and money so that Forrest can shoot on the professor and basically legit pin him. Oh, Montreal like screw job. Montreal screw job. But instead, the professor does it to Forrest and oh. they lose everything. Ring the bell, schmoz. There's a lot of weird stuff in these books. The things that were um 
added to the movie that weren't in the novel, The Leg Braces, and his run across America. The original screenplay wanted to beat you over the head with symbolism. Lieutenant Dan literally, literally had a rain cloud over his head at all times floating above him while he was in the scene. Jenny had literal angel wings. Oh, God. And Forrest had an animated monkey companion. Jenny did wear quite a lot of white throughout this movie. Right. So there's symbolism. Forrest had an animated monkey friend. Oh, God. So Robert Zemeckis thinks that's why they sent him the script, because he had directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which has this mix of animation. Could you have imagined the first time that Zemeckis reads that script? He's going to have to go, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. So he thinks they like basically were like, it's Roger Rabbit. Yeah, where's Dr. Doom? And he could pull it off. In reality, he made the best decision by saying, I'll direct it, but we're removing all of that shit. Thank God. And he he did it through subtext. Now, I will say, and maybe this isn't fair to the author, both Forrest Gump books are fucking trash. Okay. And they really made lemonade out of a fucking rotten lemon. And they made a best picture type of movie with... I'm intrigued to read this now. <laughs> there's the other thing about the movie. There's tons of issues with dates that were probably fudged to work for the movie. Like someone's reading USA Today in 1970. It wasn't created until 1982. Forrest would have been like 12, 13, 14 watching Elvis on TV and not five or six. There's lots of yeah. stuff like that. Just that like... Basic tinkered. logic, yeah. No matter what Forrest's age is in the movie, the first scene of... Each age, he's wearing a plaid, a blue plaid shirt. All right. What's the legacy of this movie? Now, the first thing I want to say, Gump and Co., the sequel novel. Now, just bear with me because I'm getting a little long winded. So Forrest Gump, the novel, the first one that the movie's based off of came well before they made it a movie and they cherry picked parts and they turned it into this movie, which is a miracle. The sequel novel was kind of like a cash grab after the first movie was released. The author was like, I got to make a Forrest Gump sequel. Of course. So that a a movie could get option from it. I'm going to set it up by saying it's really fucking dumb. Oh no. It doesn't have the exact same timeline as the first movie. So the sequel novel is based off the first novel, not the events of the movie. If you do not tell me with a legitimate look on your face that he fights Horn in the arena, I'm going to be very upset. I think it's probably worse than that. Oh, no. The sequel book takes place as if Forrest Gump was a real person who they made the Forrest Gump movie about. So it's like meta. Oh, it's like Mario 3. The book... Starts in the 80s. The shrimp business is booming. Lieutenant Dan sells all of his shares of the company to retire. And then there's a bunch of labor disputes. Bubba's dad shows up, tells Forrest, you're flat broke. You've got no more money. This is where you're going to fucking lose it. Fuck. Forrest, because he has no money, he takes a job as a janitor at a strip club. Not the weirdest part. Oh no, he mops jizz. In that strip club, Forrest meets Ken Stabler and it leads to Forrest signing as the running back of the New Orleans Saints because Jenny's sick. So Forrest has a decent NFL career. Fuck off. But while he's playing in the NFL, he finds out Jenny has died. So he leaves from the team and they cut him, which sounds right. You know, they cut him because he yeah. leaves to be with his dead wife. Forrest then gets a job with Coca-Cola to develop a new formula. He's visited by the ghost of Jenny, oh. who convinces him to sabotage the formula, Please, which results new in Coke. new Coke. Oh, fuck off. There's some other shit where Forrest and Little Forrest develop a pig power plant at a pig farm, but there's a nuclear meltdown. Forrest meets with the president on a clandestine mission where he's jailed by Ayatollah Khamenei. Their work release program is to work for a religious theme park, but Forrest causes the rides to malfunction and then that leads to his escape. What does he become? A domestic terrorist? (laughs) Basically. It's on and on like this and it is like literally dumber than I can describe, but Forrest meets Tom Hanks who played Forrest Gump. Okay, now it got too deep. Yeah, and then Forrest kidnaps Saddam Hussein. What? He remarries. Does he remarry Saddam Hussein? He does it, but he gets married again. Desert Storm. So in this book, him and Little Forrest do all this shit together, and Jenny is a ghost. So this is called Gump and Co? Gump and Co. I, is there an audiobook? <laughs> I gotta hear this. I couldn't possibly. Oh my God, we're doing a subdivision podcast. All right, we need a, uh, please, just let's, let's do some plugs. Hey, this is Josh, one of your lifeguards. You obviously have great taste in podcasting and love 
to be entertained from start to finish because you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Justin from Dead Ink Apparel, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hello, Pool Sceners. This is one of your lifeguards, the American Zennial, Mike Kalenich. You are listening to the greatest podcast, the Pool Scene Podcast, with my boys, Jim and Kevin. This is internet sensation Matt Liller, here with the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Mag CH, and when I'm not lurking outside of Jim's windows, you can find me listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Angela, your lifeguard, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. Hi! I'm Rob Leonard, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, I'm TJ. Hey, you, over there. Get ready to dive into the deep end on the Pool Scene Podcast, baby. What's up, guys? It's Scott Kuntz, uh, a.k.a. Tunza, and you are listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Shane Herman with the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. You're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. This is your lifeguard, Matt. Whether you're just dipping those toes or diving into the deep end with us, thanks for listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, guys, I'm Dana, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, thank you once again for checking out this week's episode. And don't forget... Like, comment, subscribe, rate and follow Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. Make sure you join the Pool Sceners group on Facebook for exclusive content. And we are starting a Twitch channel. We cool. Twitch.tv slash Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, thank you, everybody. And now back to Kevin. So last week, I couldn't come up with an alias for Final App Guy. And then I thought of one this week. Hi. I'm Guy Final Lap. Yeah! The Final Lap! I don't know why you're going to call him like Final Guy Gump. People call me Final Guy Gump. Final Guy Gump. No, just, uh, oh, hi, man. I'm Guy. Guy Final Lap. That works. We have always had, we used to want to make a podcast and anybody listening can steal this idea because we're not going to do it. About as bad as some movies are, literally the podcast, how did this get made? But with video games, yeah. how did they ever make this video game? So, but we're also fascinated by video games they never made because they made video games for everything. Exactly. So we always wanted to make a four gump nes game yeah so here's how i would lay it out now think nes so or you know super, super nintendo or sega so you, you're not working with uh, a lot of stuff the first level button masher side scroller you have to press the button so fast that your braces break off okay and you run so think of like track and field perfect to smash a and b as fast as you can bullies chasing you and you get away second level another button masher teenage forest outrunning the bullies in the truck maybe there's like a couple jumping obstacles or yeah, something you have in this to. one just to make it different from the first level third level football so i'm thinking vertical view vertical right. point of view maybe they kick a punt to you or yeah. and you have basically to, to pass the mission you have to return the kick for a touchdown without getting touched fourth level a gun assembly mini game in the army yeah so just almost like quick as possible yeah cut scene assemble the gun as fast as possible fifth level vietnam but in my mind it plays just like ikari warriors okay I get so it. like yeah. you have to see there's like flashing red dots on the map that tell you where there's injured soldiers yeah and you have to just run vertically get the soldiers bring them back and then go do it again right. sixth ping pong play against china seventh shrimp boat level eighth run across the country i'm not sure what that would be but then in between each level lots of cutscenes. There needs to be a hot coffee mod where you bang the hookers in the <laughs> in the room that tastes like cigarettes. She didn't taste like cigarettes. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. So speaking of gaming, McDonald's, one of our dearest loves, especially when they don't fuck up promotion. In England, they announced the sweepstakes for a McCrispy gaming chair. There's only going to be one made. Oh, okay. There's only going to be one, which That's sucks. Because I think it'd be awesome if we both had one. Some of the features of the McCrispy Ultimate Gaming Chair. Smells like fries. Well, speaking of a fries holder, okay. a drink holder, two dip holders. I don't like how they worded this because it could mean something else. A hot box 
to keep your McCrispy warm while gaming. Okay. So I'm assuming in England, our McChicken is called a McCrispy there. A stain-proof leather treatment so you can enjoy your McCrispy in peace. A built-in napkin holder and two reusable napkins with McCrispy branding. It's starting to sound like a masturbation station. <laughs> Pretty much. And finally, modular armrests to allow users to wrap their McCrispy to different sides. All right. Almost it sounds like you're a McDonald's employee within a gaming chair. Yeah, so, well, here's a weird one, perfectly appropriate after discussing two video game uh, items, and I don't know if you saw this, Jim. All right. Oculus founder and current defense contractor, Palmer Lucky, remember, inspired by the Murder, She Wrote episode we covered, he has built a VR headset that should you die in the game, you'll also die in real life. Whoa, real Basically, stakes. using charge modules, it'll blow up your head. Fuck. Can't wait to try it out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that live on uh, <laughs> our first Twitch stream. I'm gonna, Could be our last. I'm going to play Super Mario, and I'm going to run straight into the, the hole. <laughs> head blows up kevin i don't know you saw and finally we talked about this from time to time when you know we're kind of like very casual hockey fans except when it comes to our nhl series on sega we still need nhl 98 it's hard as fuck to find on sega genesis it's basically virtually impossible however i've talked about this in the past you've talked about this in the past we'll never forget the grant fuhr injury where the skate got underneath his helmet and basically gashed him where he almost died Columbia necktie. Yeah. Evander Kane for the Edmonton Oilers Mm -hmm. last night took a spill on the ice, took a check. His arm was completely laying down and somebody from the other team wasn't paying attention, ran over over his wrist with the blade and he is pouring blood. He gets up and goes, I need help. I need help. I need help. Totally severed an artery. Oh no. Luckily got him to a hospital quick. He is going to be out for at least a month, but Dude, yeah. I mean, they could have severed his hand right there on the ice. So speaking of uh, horrible arm injuries, the drummer of Def Leppard, I heard something where when he lost his arm, it said that doctors had reattached it. Yeah. How do you reattach an arm? It's from what I would ascertain, it's multiple surgeries but they need to go in and basically I mean, burn all the nerves yeah. and yeah like, i can see like a finger or something but like how do they reattach an arm anyhow when they reattach his arm there was infection yeah. and it just didn't take, didn't take or, or you know had to lose it after all but i was like i've never heard of it's sort of like the translation when the wrestler shibata I, i'm not laughing at his injury but when he had had to have surgery because of swelling on his brain subdural hematoma he from subdural legit hematoma. headbutts the translation when they wrote the article for American Press said that they had actually removed his brain yeah. and put it back in. Which yeah, he can't do that. That doesn't work. No. So, all right. Well, speaking of uh, removing our brains, next season we're going to not so much do bangers, maybe a few bangers, but we're going to be treading a lot into like, what the fuck territory? Like, why did they do this? Why did this come out? So we're warning you now. Yeah. Please stick with us doing a lot of WTF, mate. So you might have to remove your brains. Bit of a different season. Oh, shit. Might have to remove your brains to tag along. But first, join us in a few days for our award show. And then got something real special for you. Going to kick off next season. Until then. That's a wrap on banger season. Banger, banger. Silencia.